<laughs> hey, it's good to be in the same room together, gentlemen. Yes, welcome yeah, back to the hemisphere, right. Chris. I mean, Sacred G. Yeah, what's up? What's Dick up to White you, Duke. Dick White Duke, El Pagano over yeah, there yeah. with the Mescalo. <laughs> Mescalito. Mescalito, just a little bit. Just, that's what they say when you get just a little bit of mezcal. Piquito mezcalito. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to hear some more Spanish later tonight. I'm just going to throw that out as a really? teaser. Oh. Yeah. It's in the air? It's in the air. Uh, welcome back to you, too, dear listener. We've been away a while, but we're we're back. We figured, that was pretty appropriate, like where we broke things, you know? Apropos. Where we broke things? Where, 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 where we took, things? Where we t- everybody took a little break there for I mean, a little bit. It's kind of going to be the theme of this fucking show, isn't it? There's a, there's a little break that's happening. That's it. There's we're going to come to light. We're going to cover 85 and 86 uh, up to, the, like, we won't be getting into 5150, but. It's coming. Give you the story leading up to that. Maybe catch up on a young Samuel Hagar and what he was up to. <laughs> that's what his grandpa calls him. Samuel. Uh, yeah. All that. Yeah. All that and more. Yeah. He's uh, Sammy's old. Sammy's an old guy. He's not old at this time, but I think when he joins the band, he's the oldest band, uh, oldest think, by far. I mean, he's in his seventies now. Yeah, he's like seventy-four or something like that. Seventy-five. Yeah, there's a lot of dots to connect on this one. I think. Beautiful mind board yeah. is coming out. So, I mean, are we going to use push pins and red string? Are we going to use yarn, or are we just going full? Are we going full dry erase? Oh, old school. Yeah, we gotta go old school. I was gonna go overhead projector. Oh, Let me just put that in that. as a third option. I will not say no to an overhead projector. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, well, where do we want to start this? The band just finished a tour, the 1984 tour. The big, big one, big the, the, the big one. Obviously, we talked about that's probably one of the best concerts to go see out of their whole career. That's a yeah, that's an early Never. career greatest hits tour right there, pretty much. At the top of their game, I, f- I feel like in '84, like we're you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, things had never been better for Van Halen, but things had never been worse. It was the best of times and the worst, of, worst times. of times. Cocaine was flying, egos were inflating. So, I mean, do we want to jump in and talk about why the band split up, or do we want to talk about where Sammy is right now? Or do we want to talk about where Dave goes. How do we break this down? How do we come to... How, because you know what I want to say, dudes? Dudes. Dude. Dudes. Do you know what I just heard? Fucking Dave's not in Van Halen anymore. Van Halen's breaking up. <laughs> Did you guys hear this? What? Said around the country. Around the yeah. world in 1985. That's Dude, what I heard. That was... What? I'm flying. One of the first whispers of it was with... Uh, when he did Crazy from the Heat, was that right? The... He dropped that EP, and it was like, "What are you doing?" I think Mikey yeah. to. I think Mikey has some words to say about that. Yeah, you know what? And I could even play that. How do you feel about that? Feelings going through everybody at that period. At that point in time, you could tell there was there was a little friction going on with with Dave. It was around that time, or. Uh, soon after the tour that uh, he worked on the the EP that came out at California Girls right. and, and uh, there was growing tension 
within the band, and uh, it was becoming more of a job than being fun. Uh, at some point, you know, all of a sudden you start, you get people that uh, gain a, l a little wealth, a little notoriety, and all of a sudden, whoosh, ding, it goes right to their That's head. How he said people, not <laughs> From my observation, you know, <laughs> right. Dave like was like, he was good guy. pretty he's well caught up in the whole thing about what Van Halen was and how big we had grown. And uh, I think that really contributed to, like, the growing tension between him and the rest of the band. When did you start figuring out or feeling he that Dave us, cause he was going to leave? He did that crazy from the heat thing, and I thought that would relieve some of his whatever <laughs> creative tension or whatever was happening with him, and that he'd be fresh to come back and do another record. Instead, he quit. And we were in shock. Exasperated Eddie is some of the best. Quit! Eddie. <laughs> Just quit out of nowhere. Does that say who that interviewer guy was in the uh, clip? Tommy Nast. KLOS interview? KLOS. Yeah. That was a, yeah. Courtesy of KLOS. So that's a radio. <laughs> they, are they talking on, when that's recorded, they're talking on a radio show? Uh, it's a <laughs> Oh, yeah, we are just talking with Van Halen. Well, not all of them, but at least the two brothers and Mikey. I got fucked. I know. Speaking of, I was going to ask you about that, because do you think, because in Neil Monk's book, don't they say how they kick, they were all ganging up on Mikey and going to kick him out? Yeah, well, they at least stripped During, him of, like, all his dough. Or wasn't that later, though? That was the maybe later. Though. This is where they cut him out of all the, like, uh, they publishing. Gonna, they are going to boot him out, right? And so I'm sure after... Or so it seems like if Dave's leave, like they see him exit or they booted him, whatever, and then they're like, "Hey, Mikey, we're just kidding. Yeah. Come back, go anywhere, Mikey. Hey, buddy. You know how we are, man. Come on, Joke. listen. We're that's why here, Mikey. Sammy Hagar is the best thing that ever happened to Michael Anthony. Yeah, Sammy Hagar when he gets into the band, it, he and Eddie are kind of jiving, you know, jiving off of each other, like and, Jenny and Forrest. Yeah, they're right. In, yeah. <laughs> run, Sammy, run! Uh, they're writing songs. The first moment they're sitting in the car together and all that, and we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit here. But uh, to, to spoiler alert, Sammy Hagar joins Van Halen and replaces David Lee Roth, or at least takes over the lead singer spot. It's debatable if he's replacing or not, and that's just a matter of opinion. Um, <laughs> what isn't? is that eventually, and we'll get to this in future episodes, but in the shine comes off of Eddie, and it goes on to Mikey. And Sammy and Mikey start becoming real tight. Sammy understands Mikey. Never paid him anymore, but still understands. <laughs> Let him do it for free in, yeah. in Cabo. Well, we heard what Mikey had to say. Now we can hear Dave's side of it. What he, why he thought, yeah, you know, because there's three sides point, to every point. story, which is a, uh, hold on. Aaron said, just like any band, any band, we're having a career difference here. We're having a musical difference, and we're going to go our own ways. And we cried, and we hugged, and he split, and two weeks later, I'm reading in Rolling Stone what an asshole I am, and how poor little Eddie was forced to spend the last 12 years of his life living a lie. It's like a National Enquirer or something. And here comes his wife, you know, to back oh, it up. You know, oh, on on so I stayed quiet for six months, seven months. It's and I'm just reading diatribe after the... harangue, after this, after that, you know, again and again. Was a good rap beat. And I still believe there's no it's not necessary to make a comparison. I don't think you have to make a choice, but Van Halen demands it. Van Halen is demanding for some bizarre, retarded <laughs> reason squeaky. for the audience to make a choice. 
You have to either love us and hate him or vice versa. They demand it, they demand it. Well, I'll rise to the challenge. If we have to have a comparison, then fine. I eat you for breakfast, pal. I eat you and smile. Ding. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. So, yeah, and I gotta say, again, jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, I guess not. We, 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 I like Eat Him and Smile as an album. Crazy from the Heat caught my attention. What's going on? And it feels like David was on it real quick. Yeah, he was. He was on. The, actually, that wasn't even the clip that I had queued up. The one I had queued up was with him talking to Larry King. But I think that. Well, Dave, <laughs> tell me about. <laughs> Dave, Pasadena, California, go. <laughs> uh, we'll say that one for later because that's actually 1986. Okay. But this is this is when it's all fresh and feelings are hurt. Yeah. And they're talking up. about they're talking about his uh, solo EP that is maybe causing all the friction here. Yeah. Maybe they're projecting a little bit. Maybe they need a scapegoat. You know, get a good reason. Crazy from the heat head. You all know the one. Hold on. Feel good hits like this. Al Jolson is in the house, y'all. I mean, but it's a tight piece. He's is it though? <laughs> what would they say about me? Cuz. <laughs> I don't think this is the worst cover I've ever heard. This is not even. Uh, this is a good cover. This is a solid. If cover. you're in an elevator. Yeah, but you know what? This is David fucking Lee Roth, it, man. Yeah, and we're gonna get plenty of them. He's stretching right now. Luckily, you know it did get better. Limber. It got better. It got I will better, say absolutely. that. Absolutely. Because he's probably sweating a little bit when he's recording this. He's feeling good, but he's also like, I'm I mean, all eyes on me. Yeah. I, Get what you pay for. You ask what you get. You wish for what you got given. You know, all those sayings. And what you don't hear in those harmonies. That's right. No Mike is singing with me. Nope, nobody does right now in your old band. Well, he finally got to sing in lounges later in his career. Yeah, he did, didn't he? This was uh, the breakup. Something that I was awake for. I had already been in, yeah. Already, probably the first band that I actually liked and was tracking that fractured, and had had they were they were going to continue in some capacity. It's like my first experience of of like that would that lead singer is going to be like Colin Hay never left Men at Work. Right. ACDC was the closest thing we'd had. Yeah, and that's because there was a death. Yeah. Sabbath. True. I don't know if I was clocking Sabbath in 1984. Uh, it wasn't clocking Sabbath. No, and or guitarists moving in and out. That was how to make music was still a little fuzzy for me. Like I knew they all had to be in a room and play instruments, but like you know the the mechanism wasn't really wasn't really dialed into it yet. 
with that sack, so. It's the 80s, man. Swinging, dude. Did he get Jan Van Halen to come in and play on his record? His dad? <laughs> he got Van Halen's dad to come in and play on this. <laughs> that was the ultimate fuck you. His yeah, yeah. His dad played that's saxophone what, on Dave's. That's dad. like when Takashi 69 takes your baby mama out shopping. Puts it on Instagram. That's what that is. I should buy her something nice. Buy her something nice. I'm fine. And California Girls was on there, but uh, what yeah. was what was like the original tune on that album? Hold on. How many Help. tunes were on Crazy from the Heat? B Street, Just a Gigolo. Oh, it's only four songs. Coconut Grove. Are they all covers? Wow. Fuck out of here, Dave. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the beat him to the punch. That's, that, that's a rush job. Yeah, hurry up and get it out. Let's do some stuff. You know, Dave, because Ted went with him. Yeah, to do that one. Yeah, that's true. And uh, and uh, eat him and smile. I don't know if he did skyscraper, but <laughs> it's it's that formula of let's. Uh, and, and it feels like a Ted and Dave adventure. Let's let's keep some. Let's get some covers in there. Ted thought he was back in a winner. Yeah, yeah, and he was. I mean, you know, it wasn't the worst you know, thing. Yeah, for sure. And at this point, Van Halen as a group, they don't know who they're getting. They want to get Patty Smith in there yes. from the not that Patty, not the East Coast Patty Smith, West Coast Patty Smith. We got a Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre situation going on here. <laughs> East and West Coast, <laughs> things are different. Patricia. That's right. There was a lot of talk of, of different uh, vocalists coming in, huh? Yeah, man. They tried to get uh, Daryl Hall in there. Like, that was one of the names getting thrown around. Can you fucking imagine? No. No, I can't <laughs> no. either. You don't Philly soul on that shit? Yeah. Come on. I think Daryl Hall showed up. I don't think they asked him to come by. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oates won't get off my nuts, you guys. I just need, <laughs> I need some space. I can do what? so much more. He's had that mustache for 10 years. I'm trying to tell him. Like, it's 1985, dude. I can't work with him. No. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, a lot of names getting thrown around. Yeah. And uh, that's always fun. Yep. You know when Zeppelin was trying out singers? When Robert Plant was like, oh, no, I don't want two mates. You know? yeah. I'm getting tired. <laughs> Aerosmith did that when uh, they were having beef. It's, it, it's such a make-your-boyfriend-jealous kind of move, too. Yeah. Like, none of those guys are getting in the band. No, who can we parade through? But isn't it funny that you're, you're talking about Zeppelin doing that, then you get Sammy... Uh, and then let's see who's what I was trying to think of is what bands are gonna try to fill the void once. I'm basically I'm leading up to White Snake. Yeah, I it. <laughs> oh, speaking the of David Coverdale. David Coverdale filling in for Robert Plant. Yeah. Exactly. So so to 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 put more pins in the board and more red <laughs> twine around it, we have Van Halen juggernauts proven to be and they go out on top but they fracture now i mean if a but band's too close got, to the sun mate yeah they icarus hard another zeppelin <laughs> iconography um they're gonna leave if they don't find somebody good they're gonna leave a huge hole in rock who which bands are clamoring to get to fill that hole because you know like a good tip in the stock everybody market, on the sunset strip it. yeah 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 that's people, why that's why here comes poison Right. Here comes Motley Crue, White Snake. Trying to step up. Yeah, there's there's a there's a possible huge hole in rock and roll 
that may not get filled. <laughs> this, you know, this band might be dead. The market was up in it? the air. It was volatile. And you figure Eddie just got his fucking studio made. He's ready to make music. Eddie ready. But from what I heard. And he did. Yeah, he did. I heard he and his brother also not doing so well. This is this is the crux. Right here, 5150, and for the next 10 years or so, Eddie's going to go on a little bit of a journey. He's going to have some troubles. He's going to ex- experiment with some, you know. But it's all about the timing, because when all that's going on, Sammy releases his last solo album, right? VOA. Right. That was 84. That's right. That's right. With, uh, so he was wrapping up with that, I imagine. This is... So before I play that though, I I want to play uh, like I can't drive fifty five. But do you know, after they looked at all the singers, you know how they got, how they hooked up with Sammy? Yes, <laughs> it was <laughs> their mechanic, an old uh, Italian guy that worked on their Lamborghinis or Ferraris, like that, yeah. uh, whatever. Literally. Eddie's crying the blues to his mechanic about his his problems mm-hmm. with his band, and he's we can't find singers. He's like, "You gotta call a Sammy." <laughs> <laughs> no shit. He's like, "Yeah, <sighs> give me his number." And literally, the rest is history, because they shared a mechanic. Because they're both car guys, they wow. like the fine Italian sports cars. It just it just happens that way, you know. The world's a community. Yeah, I could try to connect these dots to what we just said. What was that you were talking about just now? Going Lamborghini to Eddie to Sammy. So car guys. Eeny, Eddie, Sammy. And the Sammy thing would get planted in Ed's head over the years, I think. And that yeah, clip I remember I they had, used to open up for Montrose. And they also opened up for and toured with uh, Neil Sean who in this clip yes. that I brought yes. talks about uh, Montrose. Uh, sorry, 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 not Montrose. He's talking about HSAS, the band he was in. Sammy. Basically in this interview, uh, I, bl- I think it's with uh, Eddie Eddie Trunk. Yep. His interview. Yes. And uh, the Eddie amazing Trump. Eddie Trunk. This is Eddie talking to Sammy? He's talking to um, Neil Sean. Neil Sean, and it's, it's actually uh, shortly after Ed passed. He was uh, oh, pretty recent then. Yeah, last year, and um, the setup is that um, he's talking to Neil Sean, and he's just talk, reminiscing about how they were used to hang back in the day when they were touring. But then there's like a since he did just was had that HSA, it was him, Sammy, um, one, all Bay Area dudes. Yeah, one yeah. that guy from uh, the guy Santana, with, that drummer. Yes, that we saw talk. Yeah, that dude. Well, he really. Was in there, and the the last the basis was uh, from Foghat, I think. <laughs> I, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But they did this this side project, right, with Neil Sean and yeah. uh, and uh, Sammy was in it, so he was playing it for Ed, and that's what they're he's talking about. Realized that Ed and I were very very close in the '80s and hung out a lot, and um, you know, not just on tour, but when he would come into town. Uh, and, you know, we'd hang out just talking music in a room, uh, playing music for each other and checking things out. It was funny. One of, one of the things um, that is very funny is, is um, I had just done, I, I completed the record with Sammy, the HSAS record, and um, we were playing each other's 
uh, music one night after they played in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. And uh, he wanted me to give him a ride to the hotel. So he grabbed a bottle of vodka, jumped in my Porsche, and he proceeded to chug it while I'm driving down the freeway. I'm like, dude, hold that thing down. Keep it down. Anyway, we got to the hotel, and, um, you know, he had a cassette machine, and uh, he was playing me some stuff, and I slapped in the HSAS cassette, and he kept going over the machine and stopping it backwards, forwards, going over this one guitar riff, like, what are you doing there? You know, I said, Ed, let it run, man. <laughs> I'm doing like 20 times in a row. And then finally he goes, he goes, who's the singer, man? I really like the singer. Oh, and wow. I go, it's Sammy Hager. And he goes, who? And I go, Sammy Hager. And I said, you know, Montrose, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, that's the guy? And I go, yeah. And so that's where he kind of found out about Sammy was me uh, playing him that night. I mean, he knew who Sammy was. Uh, through Montrose, through that first record, but he didn't know, you know, anything beyond that. Right. He didn't put it together that it was no. the same guy on HSAS. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, seeds are constantly. Seeds are planted. Yeah. yeah. What I like listening to is the Sammy. I listened to Eddie Trunk talking to Sammy about a year ago. That's when he's like, I'm 74. Eddie called me up like we were going to get back together again for a little bit. And I told him, I'm, I'm 74, Eddie. <laughs> 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 like, I don't think we're going to go on tour again. Um, well, well, Sammy's back on, on tour right now. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So. We are a little but bit. Eddie had to have known about Sammy in 1984. I think every rock story goes something like that. Yeah. And he said, who? It's it the guy in that yellow uh, parachute outfit with no sleeves on in the video. <laughs> and if you hear Sammy talk no sometimes, what is this? Uh, speaking of, you hear Sammy talk sometimes. What? Um, God, when did this come out, man? This is '84. This is what he's doing. It's a world beater, man. It was on MTV. Oh, it was all over the place. And nobody can write about cars and pussy better than Sammy Hagar. <laughs> and the Beach Boys. They're pretty good at it. They wish. Not quite yet. Not quite <laughs> He was talking about... Uh, he heard that they that they lost... Or when Dave split, he, he, he whoever his wife was at the time, he kept telling her, like, I think they're going to call me, man. <laughs> he yeah. was calling it, huh? He's calling it, but this is what I like about recollection stories. We circle back around to how did this and oh, like fish who stories. That, who was that guy? Oh, him. Didn't he open up? Um, Sammy, in all of his renditions, are. Yeah, I knew they were gonna call me. I wasn't even sure that, but, but I figured they would. And then uh, when I accepted the gig, it, it was never like, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna get it or not. He's like, basically, they called me. Begging me to play. I showed up. It worked awesome right from the beginning. Daryl Hall knew it. already warned me. Yeah. <laughs> they were they, coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they wanted me real bad, and they were right, because we were just rocking, man. <laughs> and we started rocking from the beginning. From the beginning. It, it's all, it's... Uh, Can we talk about from the beginning? Yeah, I guess so. Where are we at? Well, where the where world we at the met... We got Sammy Hagar. That was the big hit at the moment. But this is when the world met Sammy Hagar right here. Future stripper pole anthem right here. 
predates Van Halen by a bit. Ronnie Montrose. Young, like 19-year-old brunette, Sammy Hagar. See that young? Nineteen? Holy shit! Yeah, you can't fuck with this album, dude. No. Get on your bad motor scooter. I heard an interview with him recently too, and he was talking about when he first, uh, when they got together for this album, and it. it it was similar to when you hear him talk about not to get ahead of ourselves again, but the fifty one fifty when they first met, how they just started jamming immediately. And he said when he met uh, music Ronnie, happens it was the same the thing. Bat. It's like, yeah. I you don't fuck with that. Yeah. I do you imagine sticky. Sammy could come up with lyrics pretty quick. Like if someone <laughs> gives you a riff or whatever, you'd be like, There's a street sign. Yes. Over there. He'll he'll pull a complete Kaiser Soze and just read the <laughs> just room. Read and give you a around. song. <laughs> Chick walking in a short skirt and that yeah. little dog is blue. He was in the kitchen when he wrote Pound Cake. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he was obviously in Cabo when he wrote Cabo Wabo. Yeah, he was driving when he wrote I Can't Drive Fifty Five. I mean, you want, I'm running out of yarn here on the on the, right. on the no, wall. No. The Sammy Hagar yarn basically just you can just not take a lot of allegory, not a lot of subtext. It's very literal shit most of the time. No, and 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 it starts seeing like it starts seeming also like um there couldn't Say have been semen. Semen. It's, it's it's a one of his start semen is one of Sammy's songs that I want to play. Uh, Jared, do you have that pulled up? Pull up? Um, uh, almost inevitable. That these uh, entities are going to get together because Sammy fills up just vocally the range. He hits yeah. it. He hits it on a on a technical level. Are we getting ahead of ourselves? And Talk to about. get it, and to get ahead of ourselves one more time, that uh, Sammy when his whole uh, what were you just talking about? His range and how it was inevitable that that is basically it was going to have to be Sammy because who else is going to do this? Was Coverdale not busy? Coverdale was a little bit busy. Yeah, he was white snaking it. He was white snaking it, and also wishing he was inhaling it. Yeah, and <laughs> Zeppelin in it. Coverdale just hey, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meatloaf was actually going to be Van Halen's thing. <laughs> Fantastic. You ever seen him do the flying splits? I would love to see or have heard Meatloaf sing. I bet Meatloaf and Van Halen could have made a couple no, tunes. Come on, no. come on. I will not allow it. <laughs> I will not envision this. No. This is like. <laughs> that's when push comes to shove. No, no, no. We got no room for Broadway in this motherfucker. We just got rid of Al Jolson. We don't need to bring in Andrew Lloyd Webber. To give Sammy credit, though, this is what I was going to say, not to get ahead of ourselves again. But uh, you're right. Like his uh, his scope of theme, of theme, he found a lane and he stayed in it. But um, on fifty one fifth, or I'm going to get way ahead of ourselves. Like like on balance, mm-hmm. or on um, uh, carnal knowledge. When he gets introspective and not just talking about like what you just said, like yep. and and uh, Eddie gets those fucking melodies in it there. It gets better. It it elevates. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. It elevates his. Some of his best lyrics come on those three albums, like 5150, 0812, Carnal Knowledge, and maybe a little bit of balance. Yeah, yeah totally. 
Yeah. Um, but Sammy, yeah, he did kind of rise to the occasion a little bit. There was less about cars, yeah, and more about like aliens. It's kind of the, that's a it's a fun aspect of of this band getting a new lead singer, which is a rare move at, to pull it off as successfully as Van Halen does. Um, but to then watch now professionals grow together. You know, if you were on Van Halen from the beginning, it was just a, this band in their young 20s, early 20s, and, and you get to see them develop. Fucking awesome. Um, anybody who's into Van Halen is already aware of Van Halen. Um, you know, yes. hard to... Yeah, and, and, a, and a very easy, dumb phrasing to put together. Anybody who heard <laughs> Van Halen has probably listened to him before. Um, but... Now we get to you, you kind of like a science experiment. Let's see what the, these professionals are going to do. It's like a, I'm not going to say super group because I think you need more than two groups or entities to come together to form a super group. We can is that the that definition? Let's talk about this a second. Okay. Yeah. Good. Super group talk. Yes. I think there should be th- three. I think just the rule of composition. There should be it's at least the velvet three. revolver rule, which is well, see it. This this is why it's the Velvet Revolver rule because technically, Matt Sorum is from the cult. Okay, so there's three entities: cult, Guns and Roses, Scott Weiland. Yeah, that's a pass. Yeah, barely, but that's 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 why it's the threshold. You know um, what I mean? Traveling Wilburys, obviously on the obviously. the outside of just all entity, all <laughs> everything entities. New. All like, what was the biggest uh, supergroup? That might have to be it because damn Yankees had do 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 two dudes from the same band. There was two Night Ranger guys, yeah, and a Sticks guy, yeah, and a Dog Dick guy. It's funny. There's three members, but it's singular. Should have been Night Rangers. Yeah, I don't think you can pluralize the Lone Rangers, but you can the Night Rangers. I would say three three projects. You must draw from three projects. Thus, a supergroup makes two. Two is too random. Well, you know, everybody was from some band. You know, yeah. if you get a new singer from, you know. Yeah. Three's a commitment. Well, yeah. okay. To, That's to why make I, the super, other than you're making a group, but to make the super, you have to have at least two out of the three be more than more than yeah. gold-selling records. For sure. You could have two platinums and a gold, still yeah. make a super. It's group. fine. You get three golds. You get, it's fine. You think? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, come on. This day and age, <laughs> you get three golds. Yeah, you get three golds. Right, but that's slow down, why Templeman, slow down. <laughs> that's why Stone Temple Pilots was not a supergroup with Chester Bennington. Oh, so oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's how the Sammy Hagar exactly. proxy. Yeah, that's the, that's the that's Van Halen <laughs> rule. Yeah, how, exactly. How many people were in uh, Temple of the Dog? Oh shit. Uh, nobody wow. that had gold that might not be that true time. true that oh wait no but oh, it's be green uh green river didn't have gold cell no. but temple of the dog you're right though this pearl jam and sound garden sound garden that's only two that's, that's it two. Ooh. not a super group you heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> nothing super about them and that was super talk about super groups <laughs> on fair warning um that's, that's, it's, that's important stuff, though, to break down because this is, they don't change the name. Though oh. I think Sammy maybe floated it once when they were drunk one day. You know, Come probably on, really? just said, like, hey, maybe we call ourselves the Rockers. <laughs> and, and they were like, were you, were you talking about our band Van Halen? And 
Yeah. Well, they would effectively <laughs> they would effectively be known as Van Hagar after that anyway, which in hindsight I think is a compliment because they depends what tone was, they say it in. Yeah, it's true, but it's the idea that he made that space. It, that's David Lee Roth's shoes cannot be denied are tough to fill, especially platform the heels peak of Van Halen, their best tour with all the awesome songs they're money they're just going everybody except for mikey got a sweet deal and uh and they boom explode that comet broke apart upon entry into the atmosphere now sammy hagar's got to jump in he did have that studio in during 1984 he was doing other things in that studio that were not band related else is he fooling around in his brand new studio that he just he's got to be so comfortable in it at this point totally oh do you got stuff about the uh soundtrack work yeah for the wildlife that's where that, that movie about. came out in 84 so check that out somehow he jammed that into uh his schedule but no i've all these clips are just on youtube but it's um good enough it, oh yeah wait hold on yeah so these are all the full the full songs, like not the yeah, edited not... ones from the movie, but like um, full tunes. Pull up, um, there's like four that are worth checking. I mean, they're all worth checking out, but um, these are kind of noteworthy just because they're riffs from fu- for future uh, songs. Yeah. So there's one. Is there one called um, "Good Enough"? Yeah. I'm play that. One. Take a wild guess what that one might turn into. Yeah. Right there on Front Street. Dave, Eddie's playing the drums too. Is he playing everything, right? He's doing a full on electric electric drums. It's like Wolfgang would do 40 years later. Who is not born yet. Wolfgang's 91, birth in 91. So we got some time before Wolfgang comes in. Probably a lot of the same, but um, you know how much I like you, Brad. Nearly good enough, it says. Is there one? Unless you want to hear all this, but uh, this is kind of like that that verse rift. I'm working out with appetite. You know, oh, totally. Does he break into the good enough? <laughs> and then is there one? Uh, all fired up. Oh shit! That's an OU812 track. Yeah, we're going to find out through through this next 10 years. Eddie's pulling from old shit. He's he's always making stuff. We we kind of cracked it cracked it in the last bunch of episodes, but mm-hmm. Eddie's always got something going. Yeah. And I've, he's not afraid to pull from something 10 years old, 5 years old. Right. Where they would call it AFU on OU one too. It's not so reminiscent of I thought there was a more uh There. Yeah, there it there is. It is. <laughs> yeah. The riff yeah. That's awesome. He would do that. Remember, we mentioned at the end of Jump that he had uh, right. pieces of Standing on Top of the World totally coming in there. What else you got on there? Another one. Um, play Ripley next. And this Where's is your uh, drops, Chris? <laughs> when I need them. 
see that again. The whole ship is really crappy. This was in that this playlist of all these songs, so I'm, I guess this was connected to the movie too. But you recognize that? Like Gary Sharon era shit? No. No? Okay, okay. Sounds like Alex and Mikey playing the rhythm section, though. Does that sounds? It kind of feels live right there. That's Unless why it, when I was listening, it's it just didn't Eddie sound, aping them. It didn't sound in the vein of the other. Oh, that had a little whiff of Panama there. No, um, same singer though. But uh, same singer though. <laughs> that's that's your clue. That's the clue. But I was going to say, it doesn't sound totally in the vein of the other songs, but maybe it is. You know what I mean? Maybe it was just thrown in the list, but they... I'm just trying to be real nerdy about it, so... Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little bit of, like, here. a little guitar. You're wearing, you're wearing a holster this, and a white button-down shirt right now. This is from uh, Different Kind of Truth. Oh, blood shit. And, okay, because they'd busted out the old cuts for that record. Like, bullet head and shit. Like, oh, really? So this is... It yeah. shows up. 30 or 25 blood and fire oh my god we're gonna have so much fun we get to different kind of truth because i know nothing i know new tattoo (laughs) and then i was like i think it's an underrated album okay (laughs) oh i'm gonna love it but um um, a little eddie van halen turnaround but ding 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 dong That was three, so there was uh, four. One more, but it, this one, unless you want to keep hearing this, this is kind of cool. But um, and it sucks because I wanted to watch this movie just to see where the music, just to nerd out. Watch it years you, ago. You can't find it because there's other, like, uh, songs from other bands are, that they didn't get the license to on the album. Oh, shit. Kind of like the heavy metal um yeah, animated. that's why you can't watch good episodes of WKRP anymore because that could, just got oh, switched. Serious? By the way, yeah, that's it's that's they're good now. again. They're able, Ooh, you're see able to find Johnny legally. Fever spinning real Pink Floyd songs. Yep, yep. WKRP hot take. WKRP is available now with all of the original <laughs> tunes, which were all of the best tunes. Because he would spin like dogs from animals. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah, dude. Johnny Fever had Johnny Fever was the original influencer. Good (laughs) taste in music. You can find those. uh, It kind of sounds like the outro music for WK. You can find those playlists online that is just all the music from WKRP. It's fucking cool. There's your party. There's your party album. Uh, How's the words go to the end of the... WKRP song. I think Sammy sang that. Yeah, yeah. Nonsensical. Yeah, there's one more I wanted to point out on here, but it, I got to set this up because it's kind of a, I'm stretching the fucking taffy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, stick with me, chief. Because um, this is for, all these are for, the movie The Wildlife, right? This movie came Which out. Which was supposed to be kind of a sequel to uh, Fast Times. I think they Ridgemont were trying to do their uh, version of it because they got Sean Penn's the main, um, not Sean Penn, sorry, Chris Penn is the main, he's the Spicoli. 
basically. Okay. If you watch the, uh, yeah. Who's the main guy in it? Is it? It's not Cusack. Chris Penn. Is Chris Penn's the main dude? Yeah, look. I get this one confused. What's the, oh? I get it confused with the Lesson Zero or uh, God damn it, where he's flipping burgers and they play everybody wants some claymation burger oh, man. John Cusack. Oh, John Cusack in one uh, crazy summer. No. Oh, okay. Less better than, off dead. Better off dead. I keep calling dead. it Lesson Zero, that's and that's it's so wrong. No, so the the main dude in here is better off zero. uh, It's okay. Here's how we're connecting the dots because the cast in the wildlife, it's Chris Penn, is the main guy, right? And the other one, uh, ones you'd recognize, Leah Thompson's in it. Yeah. Eric Stoltz. Let me let me just say something. Spaceballs, Leah Thompson, Van Hager. Spaceballs. The movie starts off by playing the first song off of Fifty One Fifty. Oh, hello, baby. What John does? Hurt. Baseballs? Baseballs. When John Hurt, ha- they're in the cafe. Who has Rick Moranis, That's who's in this Leah movie. Thompson. Oh, no Leah Thompson. And anyways. Baseballs, stop it. Leah Thompson. Right, that's somebody else. That's she was Leah in Back Thompson. to the Future with Eric Stoltz before he got fired. Before he got fired. In 1985. Fox. Okay, you're following. I'm out of yard. I'm nope, out of yard. Nope, nope, we got plenty more. Just so everybody knows, we got plenty Touchdown, more Touchdown, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> You read my play, sir. Great. So here's the connection, though. Even one more deeper before you play it. Yeah. And I always wondered this because you remember in Back to the Future when uh, ah, yeah, he pulls the tape out and it says Eddie Van Halen. But yeah. when you when they play the lick and the not, drum part, it's like well, that's not from a, any that's not, album, no, right? No, it's it's uh, what is it? Please tell me what. It oh, is. so so on this list, there's a song called. Uh, Cause it is it. I always thought because I can never track it. It was not Eddie. Va- it it just says Van Halen. Okay, right. we'll trip out on this because I is, love this. It's called uh, Out the Window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll recognize if you're a Back to the Future nerd. You'll recognize the the, the that little Only 56 clip. Only seconds. It really, but in the context, Van Halen. listen, listen to it. <laughs> Bit of a theme that would show up on Carnal Knowledge, too. This time, George was already awake and convinced that his uh, son was an uh, uh, and actually somebody Darth from Vader. a different planet. Darth Vader from a different planet. From the planet Vulcan. I mean, that Universe sounds size. like him, right? Yeah, it does. Oh, that's, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, because it only goes for a little bit before because he, you know, wakes up startled. Because I, I've, I've nerded out on sites that would try to, yeah, like, oh, that's somebody else playing it. Just the Back to the Future yeah, specific. Yeah. But they it showed just... up in this playlist, and I think it... It's amazing. Unless they're just bullshitting on the, you know what I mean, on yeah. the info. No, I believe them. I always had heard the, the urban legend that it's Eddie Van Halen that plays the solo that Rufus plays in Bill and Ted's Bill Excellent and Ted's. Adventure. But because in know. the credits, it's credited to the hands of Rufus, their guitar solo, Hands of Rufus. Spell hands of Rufus backwards. Yeah, exactly. And put that in a mirror. Well, no, you put that. Yeah, you put it in a mirror, then transcribe it into a scale. 
Mm-hmm. It's the first 12 bars of that repeated, yep. obviously, but halved. It's what they so use for... For six over six, yep. which is music, which Eddie obviously always plays in. He also... Six over six, six times, you know what I'm saying? And if you play Eddie Van Halen stuff backwards... It's, it's a gateway. Directly, it's a ga- he's a gateway player. He's a, ga- a lot of people don't talk about it. Gateway player. He also played uh, a few guitars that didn't have a headstock. That happened. He had a lot of guitars for live Steinbergers. Live. Okay, and those are going to come into started, effect yes, pretty soon. I was going to, yeah, I was nerding out on that today because, uh, okay, those guitars, they're like they're jazz guitars. Is that what they're originally? Jazz, I guess. More, uh, yeah, jazz, yeah, more jazz. No, because I. Or I was just wondering because I was. <laughs> it's, it's I what, mean, well, nobody uh, who we don't mean to get ahead of ourselves. Nobody no, who's no. worried about being cool is going to play one. That's for sure. Because this gets into Alan Holdsworth territory, yeah. which I was was didn't know when to bring it up. Is just one of the cats that he like uh, admired his guitar playing, and there's some stuff of them jamming together online. But when you see pictures of Holdsworth, he's on one of those. Totally. So it's like chicken or the egg. I couldn't I figure know. out. Like, probably it sounds like a jazz he, thing, and if he probably got right? off his bike. But then he made Mikey play one too. Did he? Yeah, they both had Steinbergers. They both had the stripes, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And they all came out for Hot Summer Nights. That was the Steinberger song for some reason. That's the one he had to play on that little shit. Yep. The lamest guitar of all time. Honestly, it really is. It's the worst. It's nothing sexy about it. It doesn't it sound probably great. stays crazy tuned. capo yeah, kind of thing yeah. action on yeah, there. Yeah, there's got to be some technical reason why you would play one because I thought it was that. Yeah. It's not an aesthetic choice, I'm sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is the, what, is it, the, what is it called? A Stein, Stein whatever? Steinberger. Steinberger, the sports bra of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> it does the job, but there's nothing sexy about it. You're playing tight. No shaming anyone who's got a sports bra fetish, but it's not that sexy, you know? So, <laughs> but I digress. Yes, you do. Um, that kind of brings us to early '86 in the timeline. When like the we're getting close. Starts okay. We David got- Lee Roth. He gets two out the gate before they get That's to put right. fifty-one fifty out. Dave did skyscraper right was '86. Yeah. Early, I think he so beat Van Halen to the punch two, on that one. Two before they did their one, and I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say "Eat 'Em and Smile." Some of the tunes on "Eat 'Em and Smile" are more representation of old Van Halen phrasing than what Fifty One Fifty brings with the new configuration, figuring out how Sammy and and their sounds gonna fit together. That may be partially due to and a, and a significant percentage of drum sound um, <laughs> because the drums on 5150 and I, I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves it's electric it was hard electric Bob Dylan and uh, and Dave didn't do that Dave's kind of stuck with a stripped down uh, you know four piece and Van Halen what they actually end up adding is a singer guitarist 
Right, in the live situation, he would play sometimes. And Sammy's got chops, and Sammy was able to fill in some nice background guitars, some nice rhythm guitars when Eddie was able to go into keyboards. I mean, Van Halen is actually adding some elements here. You know, they're, 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 on paper, they're coming out on top. Dave, (laughs) I think, is, 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 he's churning faster, though. He, he, Dave's going for the quick flare and, and just get it. It's the Ted Templeman, I think, just, just get it out there, just baby. Work. You're the gold. He did have. He in, just, oh, man, go ahead. No, don't do it. No, what were you saying? In 1986, as this is, he's coming around with his second album. He did because the question would dog him, probably to this day. Why'd you leave Van Halen? Sure. And he had this we to say to, to uh, the great Larry King. <laughs> Why'd you leave? Why did I bail? I'm a workaholic. I like to travel. I Records, like to, he's not lying. I like to go on the road. I like to, you know, I always read in the Beatle magazines, you know, all the little little groupie fan magazines when I was in fourth grade about all oh, the Beatles. They recorded their new album in Paris, France, and then they argued about it in London, and then they remixed it in Southern California, and they went on vacation to Tahiti to celebrate. And I said, great, sign me up. <laughs> and then, when, you know, and what happened with uh, the old band is after a while, you know, that kind of activity slows down a little bit some folks you know get married some folks find other interests beside that kind of it's uh, really driving home the whole wife thing yes. existence and i kind of skipped a groove we're gonna see a clip <laughs> from uh, this album the clip is uh, <laughs> classic dave he it was a work ethic thing to him yeah at least that's his story that night on uh, larry king yeah it fits the narrative sure but i but it also feels it feels pretty on point with uh how much he's moving at this point and it sounds romantic as hell it sounds great like he's used to recording pretty fast and now eddie's right. got his studio eddie wants to he's married he wants to sit in his studio and just start just polishing shit just working on stuff and dave's ready to go through the roof yeah eddie's wanting to build a roof Dave wants to blow through the roof. I think, I, without getting ahead of ourselves, is, uh, I think roofs are going to come in. Get your this. own roof, Dave. Fucking, you want to go play under a roof? Go play under your own fucking roof, Dave. He put together quite a band. I will say. Um, yeah, he did. Billy Sheehan on bass. Yeah. Another band. He opened up for Van Halen there a few tours back with his band that I'm not going to remember the name of. Steve I from you know Frank Zappa fame. Yep. He's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and he's and, and some of those licks on that album, on all the albums Steve Vive plays on, reminiscent of Eddie. Steve Vive was paying attention to Eddie for sure. No, it's yeah. Cr- no, yeah. Wh- when did so he was in with Zappa? But when was that? Early eighties. Oh man, not a Zappophile myself, but uh, I was tr- I was just trying to figure he's, out. He's he's as old or old. He might even he might even be older than Eddie. Well, I was going to say, like, kind of what you, to touch on, uh, to follow what you were saying, when he was, um, like, his style of playing that he was went for, like, if you listen to, um, it was his first, I think his first solo album, um, Flexible? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was with trying the to rem- bendy guitar neck on the when front. Did that come I remember. Do you know what I year? I don't remember. Because that predates this, and I'll, I'll only bring it up I think because so. if, if you listen to that, like, he's already doing, like, the talking guitar thing on uh-huh. that, yeah. which is crazy. Right. Which he does all over. Uh, uh, let me uh, yes. let me pull something up about that. He did on that first record, Shy Boy and Elephant Gun, but I want to jump into Yankee Rose, a tribute to the statue. This is Professor of Rock on YouTube. Mm-hmm. 
100th year anniversary, but I love the interplay at the beginning. Tell me how that came about, how you and, and David are talking. You're t speaking with your guitar. Yeah. Well, it was something I, I, I did. It's one of those quirky things about my technique. You know, Dave and I really kind of hit it off that way. I mean, when you strip away everything, there's something in us that has a similar kind of bend, a bizarre sense of humor, so to speak. So he was... I mean, can you imagine a lot of a lot of rock stars at the time would never go for something like that? Uh huh. You know, talking guitar, talking with the guitar. It's just, it's not appropriate for you know. But <laughs> but Dave was just like, yeah, man, this is crazy. I don't know if anybody's really it. tried so, it. At uh, the, I think it was just point. an idea that you know He's I right, had evolved from a conversation. And yeah. Ted Templeman had a lot to do with that song. He was a great producer for that record. Oh, I would wait. love to read the stories of when you. <laughs> Ted. Yeah, the talking guitar. That's you know, it's Jimi Hendrix man. kind of attempted a little bit on Electric Ladyland, but yeah. Steve kind of took it to a another level. And with the interplay with Dave, who could who can riff like that? He, he sold it, you know. Yes, little Dean and Jerry there, maybe. They uh, well, we should quit talking about. It. Let me play that clip right quick because it's fun. It's a good album. Eat 'em and Smile is a good. Is album. Is that the first song yeah. on the album? This is how yeah. you're greeted with. And Dave understands you got a sick guitar. So it's, yeah, front and center. Go get go get some get some time in there. I knows how to play in a couple He's languages. He's playing too. in Spanish. He's playing in Spanish. Por la raza, por favor. I found this entire album in Spanish on Amazon Music, you guys. Shut up. The entire the album. Fuck we've been we don't have to. We could do a whole podcast on that, but I just wanted to share that with you because that was fun. That's just yeah. the song you mean. Yeah. No, no. This whole album is in Spanish. What? He recorded the entire album in Spanish. Because, <laughs> listen, he can go to South America and sell out stadiums. It makes complete yes. business sense. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. It's like when the Beatles used to do a German singles. That that's you just that's awesome. my mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee, he even pronounces Yankee totally different. Does. Fucking kudos. I mean, he is from Southern California. He had a leg up. You know what I mean? Everyone totally. there kind of speaks Spanglish anyway. You yeah. Your pronunciation is going to be good. Down there, man. Your pronunciation is going to be good if you're from LA. Oh my gosh, dude, that's that's some work ethic right there wow. <laughs> he cut the like, album twice well vocally anyway. i think maybe he did it in one other language i feel like i read that earlier today and it was yiddish <laughs> yankee, yankee, yankee putts 
<laughs> Stupid. David! Leave me wow. alone. <laughs> wow. Even rolled the R. Rose. Dude. That is okay. Good. Wow. So there you are. You're welcome, everybody out Holy there. Shit. In internet it. land. You heard it here first. Give the research team a raise. Wow. So that's what Dave's up to. We all know what Van Halen is trying to get up to. He's working. He's working. And some of these songs that they're going to do on 5150 are tracks that they had worked on with Dave. And we knows how much of that was kept scrapped. Who knows? Nobody can say to spread his wings. Dave isn't ready to slow down. That's kind of where, you know, a major split here. They were getting on each other's nerves. I think it's mostly Dave, mostly Eddie. When Dave leaves, Eddie and Alex start getting on each other's nerves for a bit in, in, in the in the recording of 5150. So coming up fairly soon, he's going to get on, you know, they're going to there's going to be a little now internal tension. At some point, we may have to start considering maybe Eddie is tough <laughs> to get along with. Common denominators. Um, but the common denominator is also, uh, they're all workers. They're, they're, their style's changing. Dave wants to keep keep flying. He's a peacock. He's got to fly. He's got to keep flying. Do you think he was not, uh, do you think he was used to just like busting out records every like, year or so that he that maybe yeah. ed was just he pretty was. much did that throughout yeah. even into the 90s he's just so he got that work or work horse yeah. work ethic i think and yeah ed, he's married yeah yeah he has a fucking family going right. but he probably wants to take time on his music too because like if you see like the lot from fair warning and then he got fucking you know side blinded yeah. and then 84 was like this is me but he took that you know, it took more than the average time that they were just like, yeah, we're gonna yeah, take yeah. more than a day to do this. Yeah, <laughs> maybe right. a year. I I also it, think that th so he wasn't used to that. Yeah, and I think maybe as a lead singer, he's he's more used to getting his tracks done in a smaller period of time instead of laboring over. Oh, that guitar tone's not right. I want to yeah. do that whole section again, but with a slightly different tone. He's he's a banger. He's ready. To, he's got emotion. He's ready to bang, and. Eddie's finally got his his studio where he can sit back on stuff. He can think about the sound for a little bit. Dave's not going to do more than six different types of takes at best, you know. Yeah, and, and clocks run. He's running. got a faster fucking pace. He's reading Rosetta Stones every fucking day, <laughs> learning all kinds of languages, man. Like Dude, he's, he's got sword he's, practice to get to. Man. Exactly. <laughs> Dave's getting. Moss is not growing on Ross. <laughs> almost. No almost moth on Roth. No moth on Roth. <laughs> Man, this this sounds like a good time possibly to play you one of my favorite uh deep cut Sammy Hagar songs from like circa 1980, 81. I think so. I need think we need some sorbet after the Just the, to let you know where this guy's this guy's smile. coming from. What album? This is uh, I want to say three Stand log blocks. Three lock blocks. Oh, I'm slurring now. Hold on. Amy Sagar. <laughs> Drag the animal. Yeah, yeah. It's three lock box, right? The one where he's in yep. the mouth. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the mouth. So talk about Sammy's lyrics. This song follows directly a song called 
in the room, kind of Sammy's new wave uh, experiment. Swing, swing it new wave. Swing it a little new wave experiment, talking about being trapped in the room. Like, and the whole song is just about being in the room. Yeah. What, what is the room? We don't know. It's metaphysical. Maybe it's your metaphor. mind. It's your aliens. He's expanding into metaphor. Big step for him. But this is the song that directly follows that. I just okay. Yeah, yeah. I just want a clue. Just, just real quick before you roll that. Just a teaser, Augie. Do you have any idea? Does Does Jamie go with Dave? Does she stay with the group? Are we gonna see her again? Is she gone? I don't know. I don't know where Jamie it's a, it's is. It's a cloudy. No. It's no. a it's a cloudy path she takes between this era, because she eventually hooks back up with a different kind of truth. Okay. Oh, so. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's get into some of this. Uh, Listen, this past Cherry Sammy. Sammy just got out of the room. I just want you to know that 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 is where we're we're joining Sammy as he exits the room. Getting out of the room. voice man sammy's got a voice a little bit of an update on rock candy this could be good montage uh material <laughs> yes. this is yeah i want to better myself when I listen to this. gumption and sweat <laughs> in the streets y'all come on this is this is the guy we're dealing with here what year has come out this has got to be like 82 i don't know i got him in the other room we got i got trans am wonderland in there i got uh standing hampton, standing hampton. self-titled where he's like in, in front of the sports car, looks like in a European street somewhere. It's Let me ask you, was, tight was, pants. Was Sammy well off from the get go? Did Sammy, I mean he's playing in a band at nineteen? Yeah, and and it starts doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, does does he does he basically just have a general rise up as far as stardom and income? Yeah, he's one of those guys that like once it started hitting it came from hitting. not much was a boxer the whole nine like just hey, not a great a home life yeah he's fucking like golden gloves and shit really yeah like he'll for fucking how long? punch your ass what man he doing? he'll punch you right in the ass cheek <laughs> he doesn't care like from when to when like I mean, when is it about like probably like while he was still what? doing his, mantros or some shit yeah. yeah his dad teach him or something yeah or? his dad was a fighter i think maybe his dad maybe fought him a little bit i don't know how it Marky works mark made this movie with christian bale yeah 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 that, that was, was the Sammy hagar story no shit yeah oh my man God. that was that was christian bale was playing eddie no in the top shit. knot phase oh my God. <laughs> 
Oh, I was thinking more Daredevil with Matt Murdock and his dad. But... <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Yeah. Sa- Sammy, Sammy lost his vision. Sammy's blind. Yeah, a little lost bit. Lost his vision, and he's a hero in the. He only sees red. Listen, Jared and I talked about Daredevil. this. By the way, just a, just a quick Daredevil diatribe. Just a, a quick digre- Daredevil digression. Hell's Kitchen isn't that big of a territory to look over. I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of not that impressed. How many blocks is it? It's like four square. He's blind. Sixteen blocks. A man can only hear right. so far. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. He's not gonna hear something going on uptown. Yeah, no. Nah, I'm I'm too rough on him. You're right. Really, that's really ableist of you. That's all I know. <laughs> At least he didn't go with like the stare devil, you know, because that would have been too on the nose. The rise of the animal in the streets, dude, is what it boils down to. Really, I like that groove. I thought that was a. You know the I want the doom doom, yeah. It's a good mid eighties jam right there. That is Sammy's music. Always did have the, the R and B hips to it, like it always had a little bit of. There was always just a dash of soul or R and B in even in his metal, in whatever that song was. Yeah. I don't even know what genre that last shit was. Montage, monta- montage, montage genre, 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 montage. That's my second favorite police album. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, what were the police doing right now? In the Breaking interest? up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, getting sick of each other. Releasing "Don't Stand So Close to Me" parentheses eighty six. Right. Remember that when they slowed it down, and put more sense in it. That wasn't about at that point it didn't feel like that song was about um a teacher and a student who maybe are hooking up it felt like maybe they're done as a band <laughs> am i yeah, catching am i catching on to that a little did. bit you nailed it van halen didn't really have that that breakup song they they cut it they cut it right at the peak what you'd think is the peak that's what that's where we're gonna find out is 5150 which is right on the horizon it's gonna, it's gonna do good. Yeah, it's well, gonna do great. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. If you did a sliding doors thing, though, what if they didn't break up? Where do you think the, what do you think that album would have done? Like, it, would you think it'd be just a mashup between Edom and Smile and Fifty One Fifty? Like, they're so different. <laughs> that they're would be so awful. Different. That would be so awful yeah, yeah. if they tried to do that. They are so different. It had to be like a mashup of Fifty. I don't know. That doesn't even yeah. make sense like, on paper to me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it would be some kind of uh, what if it was amazing mashup of that, huh? What if it was amazing? But we don't hear David Lee Roth with Van Halen singing a lot of ballads. Ballads start showing up real hard. So what is a ballad of Van Halen that David Lee Roth would be able to kind of hold himself in a bit? Like he did anything. He did a little dream weight, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, where it's just like pop singing. Here's the A to B to A to B. Then and to bring to Michael C. McDonald in for that one, for the right. assist. Right, but I mean, here here we go. They're working, they're bringing in another influence. Sammy and, got and, the melody bone, man. Or for it, sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Or would it have been more closer to a different kind of truth, maybe? Maybe that was just like yeah, a that long was, way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> the 20-year voyage, just different kind of truth. Because, yeah, it was old songs. Yeah. Probably would have been dredged. So one of those would have made it on the the next record, probably. So I watched some footage of their roadie, one of their the guitar tech, and he's talking about prepping all the strings as he's going Dude, to 
Did you watch this? That is a de- awesome rabbit hole that guy goes down. Which one it's, did you see? Where he's going through all the different guitars, and he's showing he plays this for kind of this set. He plays this for that. This is this one. Then we have duplicates of this one, just in case he breaks a neck. <laughs> and he's like, and then I, he's like, uh, you know, how how often does he break a string? He's like, well, in the last hundred shows or so, I think he broke one string. And they, yeah, and, and he goes, well, it's because of the, the way I prep them, and I do a whole, I, stri- I stretch them, and I prep all these things. Like this was this guy's quiver that he is just he, he puts him in blankets he rubs him with had a towel that's soaked with eddie's hand sweat just to keep it keep it toned yeah um but i uh, was proud of all of these guitars and they i mean they had yeah, he to, should be if he's only breaking a string every hundred shows something to I've say watched that happen like four times in one set yeah from way too close yeah right <laughs> i mean i think he's boiling them for a while before you, they even touch sure, a guitar. He's boiling them. I think I think he cures them. I Stretches them. Hangs them in a burns basement. sage underneath them. Oh, for for a while. sure, saves them in Dutch tears. And then, <laughs> right yeah, on I the can't guitar. remember. If I've seen that one. Uh, there's another one of a, another guitar tech. Um, more, uh, I think it was a different kind of. I think it might have been like this top knot era guitar Boy. tech, maybe. Yeah, it was um, definitely doing work then. But remind me, tell me if I already mentioned this because I forget. But there's, uh, he had some clips on YouTube where he's talking about, uh, kind of his trial, trial by fire to be the tech. Did I, t- did no, I talk about no, that? No, I don't remember no. hearing this, man. He, uh, I think it was Top Knot era, <laughs> and, Red uh, Wine, or maybe after that when David, when Roth came back. I can't. It was Red Wine and Meth. What? Anyways, he gets invited to the it was angel dust to the house, <laughs> and maybe it was I forget who. Where there was like a person in between, like a in between guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, so because yeah, yeah. he goes, buffer. Like, there was a buffer, <laughs> exactly. Because he, uh, you he say there was a buffer, Mister Van Halen. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a buffer. Uh, but he goes to the to the house and he goes, yeah. Uh, uh, the boss is downstairs at the house. Uh, he wants you to go into the studio and uh, wait there. And then um, he wants you to do a guitar and set it up. Like get pick a, he go picks a guitar out for him. Goes, this is the one. He wants you to uh, set it up at, like you would if you were gonna be get him ready before the show. I'll take it down to the boss, and he'll, he'll see if it's good or not. That's it. No instructions, just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. so here's the, the cool backstory though, because this guy remembered that uh, he met Eddie, like, way, way, way back in the day, and uh, it was some hangout situation where he was playing in front of him. And so when he's setting up the strings, he's remembering, like, okay, he had a, he had a real firm grip. And when he watched him play, he said he was mashing down the strings hard. And... um Exactly, and then also, but the um, the pitch because he was like, if he's pressing down, it's gonna go sharp. So I gotta uh, intonate it correctly. Exactly, dude. So he had this to compensate guy, for that. He's looking. So yeah. he gives it to the dude, and he takes it down, and he brings it. And uh, Eddie comes back and goes, "Dude, I've never seen anybody do this before. Where have you been?" He's like, "I've been waiting for you to fucking call me. Remember when we met, dude?" And uh, and he goes, "Okay, but you got to do this one more time because I want to know if you're good or if you're lucky." So he made him do it one more time, like take this home and like you have more time to set it up. Yeah. And it was, and he eventually, I mean, he got <laughs> hired. And, now I um, want you to wash my car. 
<laughs> but he uh, he said that, and I forget who the we were joking about the buffer. That guy, maybe like another <laughs> guitar tech dude. But he was um, he's like because the the final test was after the first show. Usually after he does his solo, like that thing's just so fucked up. Like that's why it's always yeah. towards the end. And you sometimes you'll notice the next song like ain't talking about love's a little <laughs> but <laughs> um, reefing on that whammy bar will do it. So when they finally went on tour, uh, when he came off after the solo, um, he didn't. He was like, okay, he's gonna ask for another guitar, get ready, and he didn't. And he's like, dude, he's never not <laughs> right. Give me the freshie. Yeah, he yeah. never has a second cup at home. <laughs> 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 Hurting people's egos right there. <laughs> that was a good interview. I forget that guy's name. And, and he didn't he didn't need the second one because the thing was dialed in, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, pride in your craft. Nice job. There's, there's, there's one for his tech right there. We don't even know him. His the name unsung is, heroes. I don't know what his name is. That's a great place mm-hmm. to just say we're coming up on fifty one fifty next time, guys. And if you thought we were going to be hating on the Sammy years, sorry, wrong show. We give, we give love to all. We're, we're going to show love to Gary Sharon. You know why? Because he fucking deserves it. Because he was the lead singer of Van Halen. He was the lead singer of Van Halen. What'd you ever fucking do with your life, you know? You know? You ever been the lead singer of Van Halen? Put some bass in your voice when you say Gary Sharon's <laughs> name. Gary. Gary. But I, I've got a great way to end this great song to go out on if we may say our adieu this was uh this episode of fair warning is that is, is that where we're going with this brought to you Are by you the letters v and the letters h jared thick white duke i love it when you give us the outros fucking hit it my friend thank you it's a sacred g Beautiful. el pagano saying happy trails